It's time for JT the Brick. I love my job. I love the opportunity that I can come in here and talk to the Raider Nation. Put some respect on JT the Brick's name. The plan was to get this roster with this new regime. They were not keeping this roster, my friend. Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels were not keeping the roster they inherited from Mayock and Gruden and before that. And there were going to be changes, and we told you. Are you with me on that? Excuses die. The record stands. JT the Brick. That's it. That's all we've been telling you all year if you've been listening. They have a plan. I'm not saying it's going to work. It's going to be 100%. But I'm behind the plan. The plan is to get it up to speed where it's really good for a long period of time. You are what your record is. Sound off like you got a pair. And now, JT, the man to miss the legend. Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with Bobby in studio today. Raider Nation Radio. Great to be here. I am fired up to be on the radio. I love this next two, three-week period here on the flagship of the Silver and Black. We are brought to you by PTs. Now, really important, a week from today, next Wednesday, right at this time, I'm broadcasting at the Strat at PTs in the lobby. If you haven't been there, it is gorgeous. You'll love it. Come on out and see me at the Stratosphere. Golden Entertainment, which owns PTs, owns the Stratosphere. We are going to kick off March Madness. So when you have that little play-in tournament, you know, that play-in thing they do before that, we're going to be there on Wednesday. We're going to kick it off for the property. We're going to have a lot of cool giveaways. We'll do a couple-hour remote. I'll stay there for a little bit later, watch some play-in basketball, and that will kick off March Madness. The Fraternal Order of the Men of Khaki Pants are coming into town again, and it's going to be amazing. So I love March Madness. I embrace it. Used to be in this town in the late 80s and the 90s, UNLV basketball really dominated March Madness, but that uh, that's not the case anymore. You got the Mountain West Tournament, you got the WCC, you got everything in town, you got Gonzaga destroying St. Mary's. What a joke that is. Let me get to that a little bit later on. We got the Pac-12 and all that. I'm going out to dinner with my buddy Roxy Bernstein, who's calling games here, and a lot of my friends come into town because I have friends who are also members of the Fraternal Order of the Men of Khaki Pants. They get a chance to leave their wives and significant others and come to Vegas for March Madness, and they all call me, and they all want to ask, can you get me what? What what, what can I get you? You need a line pass for a nightclub? You need a restaurant recommendation? Bobby and I were laughing before the show. 20 years ago, if you asked me, JT, do you got a hookup? I'm the king of hookups. I'd be like, yeah, I got this guy at the front desk at the Mirage. I got this guy. My buddy Lou runs Mandalay Bay. Here's their number. Just just tell him I called. Free rooms, suites, upgrades, dinner comps. Now it's all gone. Corporate America has taken over Vegas, but I do got hookups with our partners. So we got a lot of partners on this show, and we're looking for more because we talk about our partners, and I think they respect that. So if you're looking for a hookup, You better get going, man. March Madness is shut down in this town. We got F1 coming here, and we got the Super Bowl. Okay, so if you got to hook up for a nightclub, oh, the pool parties are open, pools are starting to open, all that. Nothing's free, man. I got guys, and I know a guy, and you know a guy, man, we can come together. But it ain't like the old days, man. It ain't like the old days. There's lines, and there's velvet ropes, and you need a booth at a casino for March Madness? Good luck. You, you got that book two months ago, man, you know, if you want to roll in. So all that's happening this week. I hope to see you. You know, I got a couple of guys. My Remy guys are unbelievable because Remy, Remy Martin runs this town with all their pools and casino hookups and all that. But for everybody else out there, 
hook a brother up. You ever hear that term? And holy, funny story, Bobby. My son is coming home next week. He's in Oklahoma. I'm looking at my wife. I'm going, why is he coming home? It's my nephew's bachelor party. So this is important to me. He's my oldest nephew. He's getting married. And it's the first of my mom and dad's seven grandkids getting married. So I'm going to go back to New York in July for a week. Big deal. They're coming out here for the bachelor party. And my son put in an ask to me. And I said, look, that would be a no. That's a hard no. I'm not going to give you that. But I'll give you some cash to spend for the bachelor party weekend. So I'll probably throw him a nice chunk of change so he can go out my nephews and get after it. But my point is, when it comes to March Madness, there are literally guys who get off the plane at McCarran Airport. They grab their bag, and they have no plan. They don't have a steakhouse reservation. They don't have a nightclub reservation. And they don't have a place to sit their ass in the casino. And that's the tough one. And that's where you got to get ahead of the game. You got to get some of your guys in the fraternal order of the man of khaki pants. You got to get one or two of the guys who get up early. I'm talking about the guys who get up to get on the computer and work. They're here for March Madness, but they're working. So they get their work in, especially if they're from the East Coast. They're out here at 5 a.m., they're on the computer pounding out emails, right? Then they pause. They go down to the casino and they get some space because you got to get some chairs, man. The boot's going to cost you a couple grand. You get some bottles or whatever. If you're rolling like that, you don't need to hear this. But the amateurs who are coming in, you can't watch six hours of basketball standing up against a wall. They don't allow that, man. You got to act like you've been there before. So get going. Come see us at the Stratosphere. Come see us at Resorts World, at Doghouse. Come see us at Virgin. Virgin's got their sports book running and a lot of good spaces there and all of our other partners there. But it's coming. And next week is March Madness. And we got the start of the league year for the NFL. Free agency. And that's where I'll begin the broadcast. More and more people ask me today. And, you know, I put out a nice tweet about Lamar Jackson. It wasn't a Raiders tweet. I've had a national radio show for a quarter century. Everything I tweet is... 80% of it has nothing to do with the Raiders. But then I got people flying into my responses. Really, JT? No, it's not a Raider tweet. I just tweeted out a little while ago that the price for Lamar Jackson went significantly down. That's a general tweet. I didn't say Raider Nation Unite. I didn't hashtag it Raider Nation. I do another show, too. So I put this out, and here's the tweet. The price for Lamar Jackson went down significantly. Two first-round picks are costly, but that's not a deal-breaker for a 26-year-old MVP who can run better than any quarterback since Michael Vick. So I let that simmer for a few minutes, and then I had to put up a follow-on tweet. Quote, this is not a Raiders tweet. It's for any team in the quarterback market. So let's begin with this. What do I think about Lamar Jackson? I think Lamar Jackson today, as of today, is better than Aaron Rodgers. And I love Aaron Rodgers, and I think he's better than Tom Brady today if Tom Brady went. So if you had to rank him accordingly, upside, the cost, the price, the impact to Las Vegas, which is important to me, Lamar Jackson would be number one. Because Raiders aren't getting Justin Herbert, they're not getting Patrick Mahomes, they're not getting Joe Burrow. Those are the big three. I also tweeted out uh, last night... I was doing my SiriusXM show, and they were replaying the greatest regular season game of all time, the last game of the year against the Raiders Chargers, where Justin Herbert on fourth down with the game on the line, the last play of the game, threw a 23-yard touchdown in front of me because my seats are on the 23-yard line, and it was the greatest pass I've ever seen at Allegiant Stadium. 
Here come the trolls. Well, you must not have been to every game. You must not have seen Derek Carr. Here I go again with these idiots. So I'm sitting here and going, no, it's the greatest pass I've ever seen, ever thrown at Allegiant Stadium. One of the other ones was Tom Brady's bomb to Scotty Miller, that little guy, because there was no one in the building. I was there with Lincoln Kennedy and Brent Musburger. That's in the top three. And throw in a Derek Carr touchdown. Throw in anyone you want. But the greatest pass I've ever seen live in Allegiant Stadium was Justin Herbert. 23-yard touchdown. Both Raiders in the end zone. Couldn't even put their pinky up. And they were right next to the receiver. I think it was Keenan Allen. They couldn't even put their hand in front of the ball. It was the fastest Best throw. Wasn't the most dramatic. He, Kyler Murray, remember he ran around Kyler Murray for 20 seconds? That was the most impressive play I've ever seen at Allegiant Stadium was Kyler Murray. They should put a statue outside that building for that Kyler Murray run that took 21 seconds because that just destroyed the Raiders' season. Raiders had that game. Renfro fumbled, right? Got hit violently. Game was over. If they stopped Kyler Murray on that 20-second run, Raiders are 1-1. One one. Off to a great start to the year. They ended up going 0-3. And then they had six wins. So back to Lamar Jackson. He played pretty well at Allegiant Stadium. Raiders beat him. If the Raiders could get Lamar Jackson, it would put this franchise, in my opinion, in a Super Bowl category for a decade. They'd win a Super Bowl. There's no doubt if Lamar Jackson was the quarterback here for 10 years, that would take him from 26 to only 36. I would guarantee you that the Raiders would have at least one Super Bowl. So that's worthy of the monologue, right? That's worthy of me beginning with that. Now, the problem is the price. So as I pointed out, they tagged him at $32 bucks, which is laughable. Daniel Jones just got $90 million for the first two years. He's nowhere near the player Lamar Jackson. We know what Mahomes gets. We know that Aaron Rodgers is owed 60 Lamar Jackson is worth everything that the Raiders have to go get him, but I don't think they will because I think the Raiders have a lot of other needs, and I don't think that Dave Ziegler, I don't believe, and I don't know this to be true, I don't think he wants to give up two firsts. That would be only one first this year, which would be the seventh-round pick. And then it would be a pick next year. And if you had Lamar Jackson, maybe that pick next year is like 18, 20, 24. I don't know what it would be. I'd do that in a heartbeat. But then you got to pay Lamar Jackson a minimum of $200 million. But what's changed might be my greatest prediction on radio I've made in the last two years. It's in the opening of my SiriusXM show. They have imaging, and it opens the show. And I said, just because Deshaun Watson got a ridiculously stupid contract doesn't mean you deserve one, including Derek Carr in Las Vegas, Aaron Rodgers, or anybody. So Jimmy Haslam gave a contract out for $240 million guaranteed to Deshaun Watson. Everybody thinks that reset the market. No, the glorious news we found out this week is that the owners, and I'm not using the word collusion because I don't think there's collusion here, but the owners, wink, wink, said, we ain't doing $240 million guaranteed. We're only going to do it for Burrow, Mahomes, who's not, who's not asking for that. Brady never asked for that. Tom Brady. We're not doing that to Lamar Jackson. So the price has moved down for Lamar Jackson. Now, I would say, just to hear uh, opening up the show, that the, the price for Lamar Jackson for me would be $200 million. Guaranteed. I think the Raiders could swing that or every team can swing that. Everybody's got that money. These are billionaires. And I, my blood boils. 
My blood boils when people say Mark Davis can't afford it. All Mark Davis, I talked to a high-level casino executive today. Mark Davis is getting an award coming up this weekend that I'm going to be attending, okay, for his philanthropy and what he's done in this town. And this executive told me, because he knows I'm going, he goes, what Mark's done for this city, not many people have done for this city. And I go, what do you mean by that? I can maybe use that on the radio. He said, when Mark's done in two to three years bringing this team here, some people, took it took 30 years to have an impact the way Mark Davis had in two or three years. Mark Davis can afford any bleeping thing he wants in the world. And the guy walks around with a hoodie and blue jeans on, says hi to everybody face-to-face, and writes checks every week in Las Vegas to, a, to things you don't know about that I'm aware of. So don't tell me Mark Davis can't afford Lamar Jackson. That is outright slander and disrespect for a guy who can afford Devontae and re-signed Darren Waller, gave Max Crosby $100 million, okay, and did all of that. And Mark Davis got screwed because of Daniel Snyder and that scoundrel with the emails that appeared, and they, the emails only affected one owner, Mark Davis, because his coach had to resign when the coach had a winning record and this team was thinking they were going to do something with that coach. Okay, so all this happened, and what does Mark do? He just continues to write checks. So how dare anybody... Come up to anybody, because they know these are the people that don't come up to you. They just write, saying Mark Davis can't afford Lamar Jackson. Mark Davis can afford anything in the NFL. Now, does he have the money of Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft? No. And I knew Mark when no one knew Mark. No one knew Mark in regards to the Raider Nation, and I knew him. I was friends with him back then, and Mark would have given you the shirt off his back if you asked for it. Period. He'd just give you the shirt off his back if you asked for it. And he would fly southwest ahead of his dad and mom on the team charter to go to a city and just sit down and talk to people in the lobby because that's who he was. He had a vision maybe someday he would be the owner of the Raiders. And he did that behind the scenes. So you can tell my heart rate's up today because I want to talk about Lamar Jackson knowing they're probably not going to do the deal. If they do the deal, they can do it. I just don't know what the vision is, nor do you, about if they want to go all big for Lamar Jackson. But what I'm thrilled to tell you is that the price has moved downward significantly, similar to the housing market in Vegas six two months to a year ago. Okay, You had a couple people in your neighborhood who sold their house at the top, and it was really good. Now interest rates have almost doubled, and people who can buy those houses, your house, and pay you over 50% of what you think it's worth, they're gone. Except a couple of California cash buyers who are coming. So, you want to talk about Lamar Jackson today? I'm all prepped up. I did the show last night. I can do it right now, blindfolded. Lamar Jackson is available. It'll take two first-round picks in back-to-back years, and it'll take anywhere from 180 to $200 million, probably not 240 Who wants in? Who wants in? You see, you're all confused, and that's okay because I'm here to help lessen the confusion. I'm not telling you I know what I I, I don't know who's coming here as quarterback. Would you rather have Lamar Jackson than Stidham? Would you rather have Aaron Rodgers than Lamar Jackson? And for me, I've been very consistent on this. Give me Brady, Aaron Rodgers, or Lamar Jackson, and I'm good. I'm a season ticket holder. I just happen to work for the team in this radio station. I'm a season ticket holder. I want to go in there jacked up on game day with a quarterback coming out of the tunnel. If it is Stidham and Anthony Richardson's on the sideline and he's getting all the throws in and warm-ups and he looks like 
Dante Culpepper and Jamarcus Russell on steroids, but better than them, that would be pretty cool. You'd be like, hey, that's our guy for the future. He's going to be here 10 years. He has a chance to be Lamar Jackson. McDaniels can get him right. They can get him right in practice. If that's not the case and it's Jimmy Garoppolo, I'll go into the pregame show saying we got a chance to win with Jimmy Garoppolo. All Jimmy Garoppolo does is give you a chance to win. He doesn't hurt you. He gets injured a little bit, but he doesn't kill you. He'll give the Raiders a chance with Devontae, Waller, Renfro, Jacobs. Raiders will be in the game. It's not going to be the Raiders are down 10 nothing and Jimmy G can't get you 14 points. He can. And then Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers is in play, but everybody's saying the Raiders are out of the Aaron Rodgers market, which is fine. But that thing is either going to get really sloppy and dicey here in the next 24 hours. Rodgers is going to sit down, have that moment where he goes, man, I don't want to live in New York. I don't want a condo in New Jersey. I don't want to have to drive to freaking MetLife and go over the freaking dump of that bridge and park in Secaucus and play in that. Maybe he does. Whoever he plays for is going to pay him his full contract. I think he'd love to come out of the Mandalay Bay the night before seeing a show or two nights before or a concert and seeing Bruno Mars and hanging out and then going, yeah, I got a game on Sunday and I'm going to kick ass and win. That'd be cool. But either way, we're trying to figure out the quarterback. Here's Adam Schefter on Lamar Jackson and the latest update on what's happening with him with this particular franchise tag that puts him in play. Well, essentially, the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson have spent the better part of two years trying to get a contract done and by my sense, don't appear to be close to getting an agreement. So the Baltimore Ravens basically said, go out and see what the market will pay you. Let the market mediate our little disagreement here because we'd like you back and we've made you multiple offers, but you're not taking any of the offers and you're proposing a different kind of deal. He's wanted a fully guaranteed contract all along. And so last year, as I said, we saw Deshaun Watson go to the open market and there were four teams that essentially would have done almost anything to land his services. The Cleveland Browns, the New Orleans Saints, the Atlanta Falcons, the Carolina Panthers. Well, Cleveland got Deshaun Watson. New Orleans got Derek Carr this week. Atlanta, Diana Rossini reported, is not going to make a push or a run at Lamar Jackson. And the Charlotte Observer said that the Carolina Panthers aren't going to make a push. So what other team is out there? It does seem like all of a sudden there are teams saying we're not going to make a push. I know people say collusion. I just think this is just reporters asking high-placed executives on certain teams for their answers. It defies logic that a quarterback as talented as Lamar Jackson wouldn't generate more interest. Wow. Adam Schefter, ESPN, he said at the end, it defies logic that he's not going to get these offers. And notice he did not mention the Las Vegas Raiders. He told you Charlotte's out. He told you all the team New Orleans is out. They got Carr. He's not going to Green Bay, probably not the 49ers. So start knocking the teams out that have existing quarterbacks, including Baltimore, to play this game, the shell game. you got to get rid of Baltimore here. Then start, you know, add another team, the Giants, Daniel Jones. He's locked up. You take them out of play. And now you look at who's available for Lamar Jackson. I don't know. I think Las Vegas has got to be somewhere in the tier one of that group of teams that would be a good fit. It would be a good fit. I think the fit that Lamar wants is Miami. Because as I've always said, especially in the NBA, players want to play where the palm trees are. They want to live and play where there are palm trees. Miami. 
Los Angeles, Lakers, Clippers, whatever it is. They want to be where the nightlife is and the bright lights are. Well, we're the entertainment capital of the world. We're not in Oakland anymore, and Oakland always got any player they wanted. Al Davis got any player he wanted at any time. What have I told you since day one when they turned on the lights of this new flagship station? The first thing I told you is I said that the one thing that better happen in this market is we better have an advantage in recruiting. We better have a slight one. Mark Davis built the Legion Stadium in that gorgeous And all the players are saying top three. It's really top two. Top two practice facility. Last I looked, there's no state taxes. So if we don't use this to recruit a guy like Lamar Jackson, and if we, the season ticket holders of the Raiders, don't get him, okay, then just get get in the ring. Take a couple swings. Let's see maybe if we can get the guy. So that's the monologue brought to you by Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. We'll talk about all the excellence that Remy Martin has coming up here with March Madness. They are all over town, all over town with their brand. And Remy Martin is a big part of what I do here. I'll be telling you throughout the coming weeks, and especially March Madness, everything that I'm doing with Remy Martin as we team up for excellence. Vinny Bonsignor at the bottom of the hour, Olden Polonies on John Morant. I wanted to quietly get that, quickly get that in the monologue. This John Morant story about him brandishing a gun, at a nightclub in Denver is really alarming. It's really sad because our country's fascinated with guns and kids love guns, even kids who've never seen a gun or touched a gun. Most kids haven't seen a gun or touched a gun. There are many, but they're in, in, in cities and we're not aware of that. But many kids have not, never seen a gun or touched a gun. When they see John Morant flashing one in a nightclub, that's bad. NBA is in a tough spot with this kid because he's really stupid, but he's super talented. And, you know, he, he, could, he could play himself out of every endorsement deal he ever had. I always said that about Floyd Mayweather. It had nothing to do with guns, but Floyd's poor behavior throughout his career with women and all that. You never saw Floyd with a Coke commercial, McDonald's, or Nike. He didn't need it. He was the highest-paid boxer of all time. But John Morant, can you imagine what Nike and Burger King and McDonald's and Coke and Pepsi are saying, never. We, were, we wanted to sign him to a $100 million deal, but he's acting like a gangbanger in a club. We're out. So Olden Polonies will have something to say on that. And Pau Gasol had his number retired last night in L.A. It moved me because my sons are Kobe fans and Kobe's not with us. Vanessa Bryant was there. Pau's speech was amazing. I'll get to that later on in the broadcast. Look at that, Bobby. 23 minutes without a breath. No, no, no co-hosts, no, no introducing four or five co-hosts. Just good old me and you here. Now let's open up the phones. They must have been locked. 702-365-9200. I've been putting hard pressure on Raider fans for weeks here because some of them are damn cocky. And then that's not the one I'm expecting to call. I want the sharp ones, the smart ones, to walk me through Lamar Jackson. Is he on your radar today? And he wasn't on your radar a month ago because you never thought you could get him. Lamar Jackson, yes or no, or frame how the Raiders can pull it off, 702-365-9200 as we open up the show. Don't like the start of that Golden Knights road trip, but they're still really good. And we have some uh, UNLV women's basketball. Let's go. It's a nice story here locally. Loving that. And Doug Whaley, Senior Vice President of Player Personnel for the XFL, 
plus a former GM of the NFL. I'll ask him about Lamar Jackson coming up a little bit later in the show. Jackson to throw, steps up, pocket collapsing, he escapes, he's to the 40-yard line, 35-30, Lamar Jackson to the 20, leg race, 10-5, and he's pushed out of bounds at the one-yard line, no, signal is touchdown, Lamar Jackson on third and nine, he takes it to the house. Third and nine and a touchdown, how nice would that be around here from a running quarterback? JT was spending some time on Lamar Jackson today, Vinny Bonsignor will join us here momentarily. Snow Raider up in Tahoe, where I've been going to Florida a lot here the last couple of weeks. But Snow Raider, how much snow, man? I mean, it looks gorgeous, heavenly. All my spots up there are still pounded with snow, huh? Yeah, how you doing? Thanks, Bobby. Thanks, JT. Uh, yeah, my back is sore, but it's looking beautiful. Uh, we're going to be skiing on 4th of July, so when it's nice <laughs> and sunny and warm, you come on out. Got it. We'll, we'll hook you up. Um, I agree. We just lost him, Bobby. Let's get him back up again. I want to hear this phone call, 702-365-9200. Yeah, they're getting a lot of snow up there, no doubt about that. And uh, I want to hear from Snow Raider on what he has to say. We got Vinny Bonson. You're going to join us in a minute. Snow Raider, call us back, and we'll get you back up here on the radio. That was our mistake. We'll get you right back up. Appreciate you calling in here. And as we wait for Vinny, who was at the Combine with Q, as I was just talking about that with Q, before the show, uh, there was a good sit-down that the local media had with Dave Ziegler. Uh, snow Raider's back, so we'll get to Vinny in a second. Snow Raider, go ahead. You're up. Yeah, a little snow fell on the uh, connection there. There you Sorry go. About that. Um, yeah, no, we should take a swing at Lamar Jackson, but I think in reality the best for the Raiders is to get a, uh, a one- or two-year, people are calling it a bridge quarterback, drafted players you want, you don't want to give up a lot of capital for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I've even heard uh, I'm waiting on hold. Uh, Jason Fitz is saying, use those draft picks to build a good team. I mean, look at the 49ers. As much as I hate the whiners, mm-hmm. they won with three different quarterbacks. That's what we need to build towards. That's what uh, we brought in the mm-hmm. new regime to do. Get the plan going, move forward. If you can get Jackson, that's great. But I think you're going to have to eventually give too much up for him, even though his value has gone down. Yeah, appreciate the call. Thanks a lot. Uh, appreciate you calling in. Yeah, that's an interesting phone call because that's someone who sides with, well, let the regime take their time and build and do that where a lot of other fans are sitting back and the other fans want to win now. And Vinny, I don't know if Vinny Bonsignor kind enough to join us, want to get into his combine stories. Vinny, wrapping up that phone call, have you ever been around an organization or an individual team that you had a fan base so divided in compared to drafting someone for the future or going all in and big right now. Yeah, it is a, um, I, I, I haven't seen it. And there is a little bit of a, a, a divide. Uh, I think once all the dust settles, then you start making your complaints or applause and all that. There's still a ways to go uh, in this process. And I know that Dave Ziegler and, and Josh McDaniels are doing all their due diligence 
um, and getting as much information as possible on the draftable uh, prospects, uh, the players that are available in free agency and, and trade, and they have a pretty good handle uh, on where things stand right now. Um, we just have to wait to see what happens in free agency uh, and then where things are and stand uh, in, in the draft. But I get you know, uh, both both sides of the argument. you got to understand the, the, the Raiders' offense is, is ready, honestly, to win right now. Uh, you put a pretty good quarterback in there, um, you're going to win some games. You should be able to win some games or, or compete at a high level offensively. Defensively, obviously, years of bad drafting has left the defense kind of barren. It's, a, it's an empty cupboard outside of a Max Crosby and a couple of others that you hope you know, start turning the corner here pretty soon. But there's a lot of work that needs to get done on the, on the defense, not so much on the offense. So you have this kind of tug-of-war um, of can you try to win right now with a really good high-priced quarterback, or do you wait and, and, and bring in a young quarterback that's cost-controlled while you try to hopefully compete offensively, but then also at the same time pour a whole bunch of that resources and money now into the defense? So there is a bit of a, a tug-of-war going on of, among the fan base. Uh, Vinny, what was your vibe like at the Combine when you saw these young quarterbacks? And I want to get your opinion on Levis and Richardson, especially. Richardson changed everything. It was like an all-time performance with the measurables. But I want to know how he threw. What did you think about his positioning with his footwork? What could you tell from the two quarterbacks outside of Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud? Who impressed you the most out of those two? Yeah, and I think that with Will uh, and with Anthony, you know, there's obviously some uh, flaws. Uh, there's some things on film uh, that that uh, there's performance levels that that weren't quite as good. In Will's case, you know, he took a little bit of a step back performance-wise from 2021 from 2021 to 2022. Um, I don't think it's necessarily making excuses to say, oh, by the way, he lost his offensive coordinator. He lost two offensive linemen that went to the NFL. I want to say he lost his best wide receiver. So the support system just wasn't there in in last year compared to compared to uh, in 2021. So how much of that played a role in his you know performance taking a little bit of a step back? In Anthony Richardson's case, I just don't think the body of work is there. Um, the necessary body of work uh, is there to, 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 to really, you know, one way or another, roll him in or roll him out. But there's so much upside. And you do wonder, okay, uh, 13 games from now, if he were to, let's just look in the crystal ball and say, okay, he got another 13 starts this upcoming season, would we legitimately talk, be talking about him as maybe the number one pick overall based on what he did on film next year. But we don't have that luxury. All we have are the first 13 games that he started, and there were some really good and there were some really bad. But, you know, you go to uh, – uh, there's other quarterbacks that have struggled in their first years as a starter and then over the years in college gotten better so that by the time now their junior season's over or their, or their senior season's over, you have a pretty good idea of who, they, of who they are. In Anthony's case, you just have to do some projection because – there's so much upside and there's so much good that he did on tape, but it's also coupled with some not so good. And so you have to kind of sort through all of that and, and kind of trust, hey, if we get this guy into our building and we see that upside and all the talent that he has and all the athletic ability that he has, are we going to be able to support him and get him to where he wants to go? You know, obviously it's going to take him working hard as well, but can you get the ceiling out of Anthony? And if you do, you've probably brought yourself an MVP-type candidate. Vinny Bonson, you're our guest, Raiders Insider, Vegas 
Nation, Raider Nation Radio, Las Vegas Review Journal. So let's spend the uh, remaining moments that we have here on a couple of different topics. Let's have fun first with Lamar Jackson. I said that his price has significantly been slashed because I don't think there is another owner in this league that will give him Jimmy Haslam money. That's $240 million guaranteed. I thought that from day one. Now, I could be wrong. Maybe Stephen Ross in Miami will give up two number ones and come in at 230, and that's in the ballpark. Assuming that doesn't happen, do you think that he could be had for the two first-rounders and under $200 million, or right around that number, 190 guaranteed? That seems like it makes a lot of sense for a number of teams. It could, uh, but then at that point, that makes a lot of sense for the Baltimore Ravens, too. Mm-hmm. So are you just, as an organization doing their work, doing their legwork, negotiating the contract uh, on behalf of, uh, of the Ravens, essentially. Because I think, I think there's a part of Lamar that just wants somebody else to, to take it from here, get him to, where, or, to either where he wants to go or closer to, what, to where he wants to go, then take that to the Baltimore Ravens and, and say, look, this is what I was able to get out there. Are you going to match it? Yes. Okay, great. Uh, let's go down uh, the aisle and, and, and uh, put another ring on it. So I think that's a, a little bit of a hesitancy that's created some hesitancy from, from some other teams. And, and granted, got to understand, teams aren't even allowed to talk to Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. right now. So we don't know what the market is uh, going to be next week. And we don't know how many teams are going to reach out and talk to him. We've heard some, from some teams that have expressed based on a perceived uh, contract demand, and I think teams have some pretty good information on what Lamar is seeking, and based on that, they're already kind of saying, we're not going to go there, so we're not going to be interested under those terms. That can change, though, if he or you know whoever is working on behalf of him start calling around to other teams and say, hey, look, whatever you've read, that's not true. This is more along the lines of what I'm thinking about. Uh, would you be interested? And at that point, it might change the way any team that you'd read about yesterday uh, looks at Lamar. But again, if that does happen, then are, are those teams that are negotiating with Lamar Jackson simply doing all the hard work, all the labor, and then handing the Baltimore Ravens a contract that they say, okay, yeah, we like that too, we're just going to match it. And at that point, you'll, you'll have wasted a lot of valuable time uh, on a player that isn't going to be coming your way. That's a fair assessment because I think that's what Baltimore's doing, letting other people do the work. One of the follow-up for you, Vinny, why wouldn't the Raiders make that offer right out of the gate and be one of those teams if they get the chance there to just say, hey, if there's a little bit of bad blood and Steve Bashotti doesn't want him at that price and that might even be a little bit too rich for him, we could steal him and give up those two first-rounders and have him in Vegas for six to ten years. Are you talking about um, just offering them basically what what, uh, what what Deshaun Watson got? No, no, much less, significantly less. So say, as, as you're saying, whoever shops around Lamar Jackson and gives them that offer, if it's significantly lower, the Baltimore Ravens would match it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, why wouldn't a team like the Raiders or the Jets or everybody else say, okay, that's just part of our due diligence. We got another plan, but you better believe we're walking up to the blackjack table and at least putting down a couple of cards and going to make an offer for him because in case something does happen that we don't know what Baltimore, maybe we can steal him. They could. Um, I, and, and, and I, th- I would imagine that somebody will. Okay. Uh, but, but, but I think that you know, if you're, you know, this, this could also be a possibility if you're Dave Ziegler or if mm-hmm. you're the general manager in New York or wherever the case might be. Uh, and you have a pretty good instinct um, or, or gut feeling that you're just basically spinning your wheels at that point because the other team is just going to match it anyway. Um, you know, uh, th- th- then then you, I don't think you'd really want to be a part of that uh, as well. And here's the thing: 
uh, I think to get him away from Baltimore, you're probably going to have to do the, um, you know, the, the Deshaun Jackson uh, type of a contract. You're going to have to blow them out of the water. You're going to have to make it so that Baltimore doesn't want any part of it as well. And at that point, now you're talking about you know, guaranteed money for the next five years, having to put a large sum of that money that you're guaranteeing into escrow by literally putting cash uh, into a holding pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that, that's I was told today uh, by an NFL executive that there's probably about, there's 20 plus teams uh, that, are, that are just not going to be in that kind of business. A, because uh, it's just what you have to do to, to borrow. It depends on where you're at um, in, in terms of what your debt is right now. Uh, to the league, then you had to borrow some more money and or, or, or write a check your own, which guys owners just aren't, you know aren't aren't really keen on doing. So there's a lot that goes along with that. When people say 230 million dollars guarantee, it's not a pay as you go like the NBA or Major League Baseball, where okay this year we owe you 50 million dollars, we're going to cut you a check every 16 weeks or 17 weeks divided by the 50 million you know how that works Mm -hmm. and then the next year you do the same thing and then the next thing you do it's just a pace it's just a pay schedule at that point when you're talking about guaranteed money you're literally like that you're literally having to take that money in one lump sum and put it away into escrow that's cash that you're putting away that you're not uh, able to use that you're not able to you know uh, collect you know uh, having your savings whatever the case might be that's a lot of money that owners are not really uh, keen on, on on going down that path that's why nobody's ever done it until last year when Jimmy right. Hazlitt did it and that made a lot of people upset no doubt Vinny Bonsignor the last uh, topic I wanted to talk to you about from your years as a Laker fan and covering the team I just happened to catch the Pau Gasol retirement it got on my radar a radar while I was on the air last night, and it moved me because my sons were so dramatically lost when we lost Kobe. That, 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 my oldest son, that was his hero, and we went to the Kobe Powell games. We lived in Sherman Oaks for 10 years, and he grew up with that. Mm-hmm. And to see Vanessa Bryant stand on that court, I can't imagine what that woman went through, knowing how much Kobe loved Powell. And then even bigger than the number ceremony is what Powell's done to help and help the family, the Bryan family, the countless hours being in their home, trying to help Vanessa and the girls move forward with their life. That's what hit me so hard, and I think it hit the Laker fans and all the celebrities and Phil Jackson who were in attendance. What was your takeaway from that Powell retirement number there? It really hit me hard. Yeah, uh, likewise. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, I could tell you so many stories about Powell Gasol and Kobe Bryant covering those teams uh, it was really an honor uh, to be to be part of that, just even from my vantage point. But I'll never forget um, the first game together. Remember, he you know had to go to Los Angeles for his physical to fly all the way across country to New Jersey to meet the Lakers uh, against the Nets. He had a great game in that first game, by the way. And I'll never forget Kobe was communicating with him in Spanish on the court, like helping him with plays and doing it in Spanish, which tells you a lot about Kobe. He also spoke fluently in Italian, Spanish, English, other. So, and they just instantaneously at that point created this bond that we see has lasted forever. And it's prompted, you know, Powell to really become uh, an uncle uh, and mm. it's almost a second father, uh, you know, for Vanessa and the kids. Uh, and he's and and it's just every time I see a tweet where you know he's at their birthday parties or taking him to the beach, it just really I I, I still get you know kind of a little teary eyed just thinking about it uh, because he's been that such a great friend to to Kobe and then uh, to take the to take the, kind of the reins from from this point on 
Um, it just tells you what kind of a human being that Pal Gasol is. He's one of the great Lakers. He deserves yes. uh, the number to be retired. It's, it was a special moment last the, night. One of the all-time greats, on and off the court, no doubt about it. Vinny, tell us about your partners as we head to the draft and the start of the new league year. Yeah, Dos Cotas is doing great things um, with the tequila. Uh, they're here in Las Vegas. There are uh, plenty of places where you can go get it or go, go enjoy it um, at, at their various restaurants that they're, that they're at. And, of course, Realty One Group doing their – the, the market's heating up, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and they're all over it. So uh, a lot of houses are being sold right now. Uh, and they're able – don't, don't freak out uh, about the, uh, the, the interest rate. There's ways to negotiate that down so that even as a buyer – um, it makes it it makes it easier for you to buy and, and less uh, prohibitive. Thank you, Vinny. All the best. Talk to you next week. You got it, brother. Thank uh, you. Yeah, that's Vinny Bonsignor. He joins us every week. We promote his partners as they promote ours, and Vinny's a valuable, valuable piece here. He talked about the amount of money for Lamar and how he compared it to an escrow and how that much money will be gone, putting it to work and all that. Very compelling here. And uh, I think it's very compelling for Dave Ziegler, who's in charge of the money, uh, it's Mark Davis's money and the organization's, but Dave's now in charge of spreading it out and making sure there's enough for a quarterback and a defense. That's hard. That's why they were brought in, to try to develop players like they did at the Patriots who were good and they became better than average. That's really what the Patriots did. It's so, it's not, it shouldn't be difficult because the problem Raider fans have with the Patriot days is the Patriots had Tom Brady. And for whatever reason, many, because he won, Raider fans hated Tom Brady. But after you get past Tom Brady and you look at the scheme of Bill Belichick, where Dave Ziegler was there and Scott Pioli was there and Bill O'Brien was there and all the other executives, Matt Patricia and the coaches, what they were told to do by Belichick and Mr. Kraft was get players in here and make sure they stick. Make sure they attempt to become pro bowlers. If they're not, we're going to get rid of them. And we're never going to overpay for anybody. And we're not going to overpay for people to stay here either. If they get a little bit too cocky and they're getting good and they want more money, we'll get other players here. That's the plan here, which other people just aren't patient to understand. So Seattle had the blueprint for Dave Ziegler. They drafted six players who played and started and played at a high level. If Dave Ziegler can come out of this thing, because if he takes a quarterback in the first round, the quarterback's not going to play. He's definitely not going to start. So the other picks that come behind him, depending if they don't have to trade up and use them, those players got to be ready to play quickly, and they got to get better in year two and three. Because we can't have more, Bobby, we can't have more players around here that it takes two, three years to say, oh, they're not good enough, let's get rid of them. That's what's been happening around here. Clee Farrell's a good example. They took him number four. I think Clee's a good player. He's not a bad player. He did, we're just so used to saying he was the fourth pick overall. Well, if Cleef Farrell was taken in the sixth round or the fifth round and developed into a better and better player, maybe he'd be around. They got to draft players who are going to improve quickly, who are faster and more explosive. Hey, when we come back on the other side, we just mentioned that Pal Gasol, Vanessa Bryant ceremony. We have the sound if you haven't heard it. Stick around for that. It is really, really good. And also an update on John Morant. As Olden Polonies will join us next hour. We're pretty wide open on the phones today. Gary Lawless will join us tomorrow from the Golden Knights on the road. And Jason Horowitz next week, the voice of the Raiders. We got big shows as free agencies here. And that's going to be fun. I can't wait to get to next week plus March Madness.
working. Not so bad. Hip slam. Pogasol. Finish it off. Who is that guy? That's not that finesse guy, is it? With authority. With got real authority. That's the way you finish, big fella. Lakers on the call there, and, you know, one of the things I get to enjoy at night, the nights I'm on the radio during the week, is I got games on, and I did not know Pau Gasol was getting his number retired until I started looking at Twitter on the pregame on TNT, and then they showed Pau walking in, and Pau did a press conference and all of that. So let's talk about some of this. Uh, Vanessa Bryant introduced Pau here. This was big. They involved Kobe's widow. To the highest degree, this is last night in Los Angeles. It is my honor to introduce my dear friend, Pal, tonight. Pal was special to Kobe as a teammate, as a man, and as a friend. Pablo, Kobe predicted you and he would be together in the rafters. Here's a little video I want you to watch. There's no debate. I mean, how when he retires, he will have his number in the rafters next to mine. Uh, the reality is I don't win those championships without Powell. The city of LA doesn't have those two championships without Powell. So we know that. Everybody knows that. And I really look forward to the day where he's there giving his speech at, at center court in front of all the fans who have supported him over the years. So it's going to be an awesome night. So that was Kobe when he was alive on a red carpet, saying that Powell's number would go next to his. And they put Powell's number next to Kobe's. Really hard wrenching and you have to have that connection i'm not a laker fan but my son is my oldest son is diehard and it just brought me back to my kid running around with a nerf ball trying to dunk on a nerf hoop with kobe and i said this my son's first words weren't dad it was kobe because kobe was on the tv every second of the day when he was a toddler it was incredible uh here's pal thanking kobe for all the help he did getting his name in the rafters but i can't go on without talking about the person in the face that i don't see the brother that elevated me, inspired me, challenged me to be a better player, just to be a better man overall. I miss him. I miss him so much, like many of us do. I love him. I wish he was here with Gigi. I really do. Uh, but I think he'll be proud. And he was looking forward to this moment. So, love you, brother. That's pretty, isn't that emotional? If you're a Laker fan, a lot of Laker fans listening to the show in Vegas and around the country, so I wanted to play some of that. Well, we have some more to play next hour when we reset the show. It just brings you back to where you were in a time in your life, and it was more about Kobe not being there for me last night than Powell getting his jersey retired. You know, Powell deserves that he was a great Laker, really bridged Kobe from the three with Shaq with the two with Powell to have five. And to have five and to be a great player like this. And as Kobe said, the Lakers don't continue to win without Shaq unless Powell comes in. And then Powell's a great international player and Olympian and everything else he accomplished. So last night after that, I talked about it with my wife as we were watching it, thinking about the memories we had watching the Lakers as we were sitting around at home as our kids were growing up. So I don't know. If you're a Laker fan, if you want to touch on that, we're a talk show. We're a sports talk show. Just happens to have the Raider name next to it. If you're a Laker fan and want to talk about Kobe or Powell, feel free to do it. We're brought to you by Virgin Hotels Las Vegas. Get ready for what Virgin has coming off widespread panic last week.